0: last night i had a terrible i woke up in a terrible sort of fret because i thought my father was coming into my room and that was really really scary and it reminds me of when uh, karen who on youtube wrote a comment she said so when you said something told you don't look up when your dad came into the room after he killed your mom I honestly think that was your mom trying to help protect yourself and live a long life. And I 100% agree with that. Um, But it's wild that even still 32 years later, 33 years later, this sort of trauma still comes up for me. And it is my hope that it helps anyone who has experienced deception, betrayal, and dark trauma. I'm Collier Landry, and this is Moving Past Murder. Hey, movers. Welcome back to another episode of Moving Past Murder. I'm your host, Collier Landry, and what's going on? That's the last time you'll hear that for 2022. (laughs) This is my year-end interview episode and um man it has been quite a year now today is december 30th 2022 um and it is the day before the anniversary of my mother's murder was interesting because i was talking to a fellow survivor the other day we were discussing dreams and nightmares and things of that nature and i was telling them You know, I haven't really had any dreams or nightmares or anything recently. And, um, and I was often plagued by that. And normally on, and I don't know if it's just because it's in my mind or it's top of mind. I usually wake up at the same time on December 31st, just like I did December 31st, 1989, when I heard my mother get murdered. And I said this to them and then lo and behold, last night I had a terrible, I woke up in a terrible sort of fret because I thought my father was coming into my room and that was really, really scary. And it reminds me of when, uh, Karen who on YouTube wrote a comment, she said, so when you said something told you don't look up when your dad came into the room after he killed your mom, I honestly think that was your mom trying to help protect yourself and live a long life. And I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, But it's wild that even still 32 years later, 33 years later, this sort of trauma still comes up for me. It's wild because I think that you kind of go through life and you You live your life and, you know, when you're like me and you're doing a podcast and you're talking to people about this a lot and engaging in the material almost all the time, really, at this point, uh, which is a real blessing, by the way, this is very cathartic for me to do. But at the same time, I think you kind of go, you forget that it is a very impactful, impactful part of your life. And, you know, you do move past it and, and you, I mean, this program is called moving past murder. That's what this is about. that's what this show is developing into is moving past these circumstances and coping with life on your own terms, right? And not letting these, these events define you. And it's odd because, you know, sometimes I just don't realize it. I have a lot of friends who are survivors that, uh, will be triggered by certain things, whether it be loud sounds, Um, uh, somebody being shoved in the back in a line in a grocery store or being, you know, in very crowded places, uh, can trigger a lot of people. And, um, I guess I've almost become immune, not immune, uh, desensitized to, I think what my triggers might be and last night's dream. And I woke up at like, it was like five in the morning. I woke up and I just thought, you know. What's, what's going on? (laughs) And I realized that I was in, you know, that I was older. I was in a safe place, but I had a moment of about 30 seconds of just sheer terror. And I kind of realized I, I, you know, I woke up and I kind of went into the kitchen. I got some water and I just started thinking, you know, this is just something that I am always going to live with whether I want to or not. And I think it's a very common, you know, there's interesting books out about complex PTSD and things of that nature. And I think that ultimately these are things that you will be living with the rest of your life. And for those of you that are experiencing that, um, I'm here with you and that's what this program is about to share that, uh, you know, this year, this podcast has really uh, grown into something that I had really hoped it would. And that is all because of you guys, my listeners, my viewers on YouTube, my Patreon supporters, which I want to give a special shout out to this week's Patreon supporters, Gina Amarino, Sarah, and Siobhan Neil. I probably I apologize if I didn't pronounce your names correctly, but thank you for your support. It helps to keep the lights on and make this program happen. Uh, but I want to, you know, just thank everyone because it has been such an amazing year and I want to get into that um also this week uh, i'm very grateful because i finally got verified on instagram so for those of you that have reached out and there's been a lot of you about fake accounts people contacting you that should all finally stop (laughs) which will be awesome because i don't have to answer these messages because i get like probably 50 or 60 a week about this these fake accounts whether they be on TikTok or instagram or facebook so hopefully at least the facebook and instagram ones will go away (laughs) Uh, also starting on January 2nd, my survivor squad co-host Tara Newell and I will be doing our moving past trauma workshops and they will start on January 2nd. Now, this is going to be a five week revolving course. And which means if you don't catch week one, you will catch it on the flip side. So if you join, you know, two weeks in, uh, you can catch up. You'll do week, you know, three, four, five, and then week one and two, it's kind of a revolving, it's a live course. We do it on Mondays. And I'm uh, really looking forward to everyone uh, joining if you would like to. There is a link to sign up and uh, a discount code for the course in the show notes of today's episode. I wanna to get to this, this week's listener question or really comment from uh, YouTube. Uh, this is from Camila Milk. It says, Collier, this letter moved me, made me feel bad for him. He knows how to make you feel bad for him, but he really did it to himself. He has so much more than what he allowed to you and your mom to have, to be alive, to get old, to see you grow up and turn into a man, to feel the sun and the wind, even if it's only for one hour a day and to learn from mistakes. (laughs) But I think he hasn't learned from his mistakes because the first step would be to recognize what he has done and understand the terrible hurt he did to your mom, to you, your sis, and pretty much everybody that, that loved her. I hope that one day he has the courage to really look at himself and deal with the monster he turned into. So Camilla is talking about, or Camila is talking about a letter that my father had written me many, many years ago, basically gaslighting me and trying to manipulate me because he was going to be up for his, he was appealing his conviction for murdering my mother and. Every time I read these letters and I share, you know, and as I said, this podcast has grown into something way bigger than I thought it would this year. And I'm just so grateful to everyone that is, that is listening and downloading and commenting and writing positive reviews on Apple and Spotify. I appreciate all of it. But, uh, at the end of the day, sharing these letters I know is really impacting people and I know that sharing my story does too, but I think one of the things that I'm still as, as you listen to the program, look, this is my 70th episode. And this is still an event. This is still a process for me 30 years later of still dealing with all this. I mean, look, I made a film about, and I confront my father in the film, a murder of Mansfield. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It is on my Patreon, but it's also on investigation discovery and Hulu. Um, but I, uh, I'm constantly still in this process of dealing with everything. Like I explained, you know, a few minutes ago with maybe not even realizing when certain things are triggering me. And that is uh, that is something that I need to be really keenly aware of because going through this type of healing and healing from this type of trauma is a process and it just does not happen overnight. You are constantly dealing with it. But I feel like sharing these letters and sharing that process, and I, and I discover more and look, In the new year, I'm going to have many new episodes with tapes from conversations from my father that have come out, um, new letters that he has sent other members of my family that they've shared with me and other things that, that took place over the years that he's been incarcerated. And there's more to this story that keeps evolving. And it's, you guys are literally witnessing me in still discovering. I mean, 10, 15 episodes ago, I finally interviewed the judge for my father's trial. Check it out. I'll put links to that in today's show notes, but there are, there are still things that I'm learning about that you would think that I would have already known, right? I even made a film about it. And as I get into writing a book this year and sharing my personal story, I just keep discovering more and more and more. Uh, It's, (laughs) it is unfortunately the gift that keeps on giving in a lot of ways. So back to the dream and Just recovering, you know, sort of thinking about all that for those of you watching on YouTube, but I talk about this in, um, when I testified at trial, but this is my Batman clock that I looked at on the wall, which told me the timing of when I heard my mother's murder. I'm going to get into my whole affinity for Batman in other episodes because my timing of discovering Batman in my life and what happened to me shortly thereafter is odd to say the least, <laughs> uh, or, uh, or very coincidental. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, that was how I knew the time and it's, it's something that I think about And even this morning, I know that I will probably wake up at three 30 and maybe it's again, a self-fulfilling prophecy. If I wake up between, you know, like it's three 18 was really the time that I remember AM of the murder occurring. So I think that you know, again, it might be top of mind when it happens. It's just something that I just keep, I don't know. This is a, this is a process and, and not to, you know, blabber on and on about it. But again, you're, you're listening to this podcast, witnessing someone who is still coping with everything that they've been through and hopefully having a positive impact, which I think I am, but I, you know, enough of that. Um. There was something that I got a great quote when I was in high school from a boss of mine when I worked at Played Against Sports. And he said, life is a matter of perspective. And I keep this little list in my wallet and this little quote. And uh, it just reminds me that, you know, you've got to look at your perspective on life when viewing. And here's the thing, this has been a year full of a lot of challenges for many people, but I mean, some great highlights of this year for me with this podcast is the fact that the podcast has grown exponentially. And a, a lot of that has been due to you guys, my audience and tuning in and telling friends and family, but also the work of people like Christine O'Donnell from bright sided, Brenda Fisher from untamed river management, a, a lot of people helping out and I've in this year really branched out. I mean, I went to a podcast uh convention earlier this year, Podcast Evolutions here in Los Angeles, and I was able to meet a good friend of mine, Jill Teets, who runs Sober Powered, and uh, and now I'm on her network, Sober Powered Media. And you know, it's great to have support of other podcasters, but then I eventually went to CrimeCon, <laughs> which was very strange for me because when I think about going to conventions or gatherings of people i usually think of like comic con like fun exciting things but yes i was shocked to learn that there really is (laughs) is a convention centered around true crime and again as someone who was forced into this true crime sort of lifestyle as many people are by the way like it's not like you know when you're a survivor of something like this that you did this because you wanted to be but the fascination and obsession with it is still something that I, I really, really, uh, have to get a hold on because I don't know. I just, um, it, it, it's, it fascinates me. It fascinates me. and also disturbs me how obsessed people can be with true crime. So when you go to these conventions, there's just legit. And, and look, the people that are there are very caring and kind and and very supportive, but they really dive into some stuff, but you know, I got into discussing this episode uh, with my fellow survivors right before crime con with Tara Newell and Kara Robinson Chamberlain. I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well, but that episode we did live on YouTube, but, uh, it's interesting. I, I, I had a lot of things this year happen that really shaped my perspective, but my dear friend Tara Newell got me involved with a group of survivors. And I got to know her. I got to know Lenora Clare. I got to know Sarah Turney, Kara Robinson Chamberlain, like I mentioned and other survivors and victims advocates that have come into my orbit. And that is one of the things I'm really, really grateful for, because I think that when you're, I know that often people will reach out to me from hearing the podcast or hearing my story, that they know that they're not alone. And I realize that I'm not alone, but sometimes I really don't realize that. And so being able to have a support network with other victims, other survivors who are, are living their best life, right? Despite of the circumstances that they've been through and using that and channeling that into a message of hope, uh, and inspiring others is a wonderful feeling to have that close knit group, uh, be a part of just a text message away. So I'm very, very grateful for that. I'm grateful that I got to meet so many podcast hosts and I, I met a lot there. Uh, Tyler Allen from minds of madness did a beautiful episode called the brass ring about my story with my mother. Very well done. It came out, I believe around August 29th this year, a fantastic episode. Uh, like I said, I met Jill Teets from sober powered, uh, Sarah Turney voices for justice who started her podcast much like me, but in a different direction of. She was looking to be an advocate for her sister who was murdered. And that case is now ongoing, and and uh, I wish her all the best with that because that's they're actively seeking justice for it. And she has done so much for other victims, to and families, and support them to highlight their cases to gain more attention, which draws the eyes of law enforcement and will hopefully find some resolution for these families. So I'm so grateful to have met her, uh, Jamie Beebe and Jake Tula from Strictly Talking, who. Strictly stalking is a great podcast that allows victims to share their stories about stalking, which I feel is something that is very, very, uh, sort of goes under the radar a lot of times as a victimization. In fact, Lenora Clare, who was a guest of mine on a previous episode, she is known as the Erin Brockovich of stalking. And she talked about how stalking is almost like murder in slow motion really is true when you think about it. And she is actively working here in the Los Angeles area and around the country with helping to develop laws against that, against stalking, cyber stalking, and to really raise awareness, uh, just like Tara Newell had raised awareness with passing a law here in California against course of control or recognizing it as an actual offense committed against someone. And I feel more and more as these conversations continue to happen, these things are brought to light because I personally feel, and after discussing with so many people, look, we all came through the global pandemic where we were literally cooped up, you know, I wasn't, but many people were cooped up with spouses or, or partners or families, and they had no. They could not go to a place where they could find solace. They could be by themselves. They could go to the gym. They could go to work. They could go to school, uh, as children who are in domestically abusive situations, they often, you know, they could escape. I mean, for me, if I could not go to school while, when my mother went missing, I would not have been able to talk to detectives freely to get the attention of David Messmore and sit down and tell him everything. And then begin to start looking for clues to help police find my mother and ultimately solve my mother's murder with the police. And it is something that that really terrifies me that children don't have those opportunities because for me, at least I had that where I could get away. Now, eventually, obviously, as I've talked about in past episodes, it appeared that my father started realizing what I was doing. And then that's when he wanted to take me to Florida. And I given Dave Messmore said, I'm not coming back from Florida. <laughs> Which he ultimately knew as well, but it's scary when you think about, uh, how these people have revealed themselves and being been able to covertly, uh, abuse people in these situations. And so being able to start these conversations and or ignite these conversations really has been so helpful for my audience and for people who have tuned in. And somebody had said to me over this last year, you know, you don't, you only see the people that you do impact. Those are the people that reach out, but think about the people that you're, that you're impacting that you don't hear from. That's a really powerful statement. And I think that that is something ultimately that my mother would be very, very proud of, and I'm proud of it too. So finding ways to support and share. What I've been through, whether that be through TikTok, so I've developed an amazing TikTok fam this year. Uh, all three hundred and thirteen thousand of you right now. Uh, thank you so much for your support. I found them or middle of the year, right around CrimeCon, and you guys really gravitated towards my story and me being open and sharing that. So thank you so much for that. But I think about you know the situations that surround the you know, narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, gaslighting, all of these things. And I was interviewed with Tara on uh, Dr. Romani's podcast on red table talk a couple months ago. And one of the things that I really started to understand this year, and after talking to someone who is so specialized in talking about narcissism and understanding, I mean, her podcast is called navigating narcissism. Is that she, she explained to me that my father is a psychopath. So going back to uh, Camila's original comment at the top of the program, I don't think that my father will ever get to a place of remorse because he is incapable of that because he's a psychopath. I mean, he really is And Dr. Phil told me that I wasn't sure. I always thought he was a sociopath, but learning from her on her program, how a Psychopath is someone who is methodical in what they do. And even in the episode, when I'm talking to judge Henson, I believe it's episode 55 of this podcast, discovering the process of which my father literally spent all of this time and energy and focus into the murder. And the premeditation of that murder, because I think for so long, a lot of people didn't realize it was premeditated, but my mother, my father had been planning my mother's murder for months went as far as even to buy a house where he would have her crypt. And it's something that is just, uh, yeah, anyways, and look, you know, this year and, 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 you know, I have been so blessed this year to be in the New York post, the independent, the guardian vice. Uh, been mentioned in Rolling Stone, Yahoo News, BuzzFeed. I wrote an article for Newsweek about a month ago. There's been a lot of blessings that have come out of all of this. But, you know, again, this year hasn't been without its hardships for me and and people around the world. I mean, look, there was a a war in Ukraine, catastrophic weather events, geopolitical unrest, uh, which just seems to plague us every year. And those are real things. And then closer to home, we are experiencing the effects of inflation that have taken hold for every household in this country, including my own. And it's been a real struggle. Uh, this has been, you know, and you know, people that were, had hopes and dreams of doing bigger things. Those hopes and dreams sometimes were put on hold this year. And that's unfortunate. I mean, for me doing this podcast is literally a labor of love every week, bringing these episodes on, uh, you know, Apple, Spotify, on YouTube, on my website, it's all a monumental amount of work. (laughs) And, uh, while I w- work a job as a filmmaker and just to be able to have the support of you guys listening is just great. But every year, you know, despite the hardships and I was telling, I was talking to a friend of mine who, who said to me, you know, how she was bummed out about putting some of those goals and dreams on hold this year because of certain economic situations and stuff. And she's like, oh, this year was just shit. And I said, I said, well, let's look at it in a different way. You know, and this, this she had just had a granddaughter, which she was super happy about. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, you got to see me twice. I haven't seen you in almost five, six years. And she's like, oh my God, that's right. I got to see you and everything. And It's again, I go back to your perspective and every year and I look, you know, I lost someone's, you know, a, 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 a <laughs> an entity so dear to me, my beloved dog, Blondie, who I've had for almost 18 years, passed away a little over a month ago, almost two months ago now, actually two months ago to this day. And that was a big loss for me, but still at the end of every year, and it might sound cheesy and I always say it, but it really is true. I always say that this year was the best year of my life. I really believe that. I mean that with 100% 100% certainty, and as I was saying before, life really is a matter of perspective. And look, when I'm talking to my friend, her perspective begins to change, and she realizes that, like, oh, there real are are really beautiful things that are happening, that have happened in my life, and it's great to do that. And I was driving back yesterday from the gym, and there was a group of, group of people leaving a restaurant, and they were laughing and joking and having a good time, smiling, and I thought you know, they're experiencing the same things we are, but they're still choosing again, to be happy and have that, have a brighter perspective on life. And, um, as Karen said in her message earlier, from my perspective, I'm glad I chose to not look up. I'm Collier Landry, and this is Moving Past Murder. I'll see y'all next year. This podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. Please subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible. Find us on YouTube, youtube youtube.com forward slash Collier Landry. The film, A Murder in Mansfield, is available on Investigation Discovery, Discovery Plus, and Amazon Prime Video. This podcast is a production of Don't Touch My Radio.